Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Niraj Kalia. It is Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. Hope you're all doing well, getting by your day, you know, having a good one as, as I hope you all do. Um, as always, you can find more of Real Sports Talk by Niraj Kalia on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Acast is a new one that I've tried to get going a little bit. Uh, obviously, Audia.io for any you know previous of my segments that I've done throughout the year, you can check it out there. Um, and I always appreciate everyone for listening and whoever can tune in, do share and um, do appreciate all the um, reviews and likes and all that. So appreciate that. Uh, so today's episode, I'm going to get into just a couple of things. I'm going to talk about uh, one of a really nice story coming out of the uh, Winter Olympics. Obviously, with so much going around in the world, with, you know, with Russia and Ukraine and all these things, you know, you just hope that things continue to kind of uh, get better and be, be more peaceful going forward. Obviously, it's really difficult to see what's been going on and, you know, prayers and thoughts to all those families that have been affected. Um, and obviously have passed into this conflict. Hopefully things will get more resolved and better going forward. Um, so I'm going to talk about just a nice story coming out of the Olympics. Um, obviously there's more, many more athletes that I want to get, it, get into and talk about um, from the Olympics. Obviously, you know, Winter, winter Games are obviously um, always a tough one because, you know, they, they are appealing to watch, but... Compared to the Summer Olympics, obviously, it's just way different. So, I will t- touch on that a little bit. And then I'm also going to talk a little bit NBA. Uh, some of the games that uh, I saw last night. And kind of give my thoughts on those games and uh, what to expect. Uh, hopefully, for the NBA going forward this season. So, there's a lot, obviously, to, uh, to see that's yet to happen. So, I will get into that, um, you know, and then we will... Uh, go from there so I want to start with talking about Aaron Jackson um, Aaron Jackson 29 years of age uh, she won the uh, gold medal in the 2022 uh, speed skating 500 meter event um, a remarkable uh, achievement by her um, you know uh, being able to accomplish this, um, you know, uh, this feat. She is the first black woman to win this individual gold medal um, in her sport. So it was a big week for her, a big moment for her, um, as she obviously had really uh, worked through quite a bit of quite a bit of. She capped it off with an impressive performance at the 500 meter uh, speed skating event. Um, a University of Florida graduate. Uh, prior to these Olympics, you know, she had obviously competed in several world championship events, you know, single distance ones uh, throughout her time as she tried to, you know, build her, her momentum and her, you know, overall resume towards, towards the Olympics. Um, you know, she started out early in her career um, and her life as a in in a, inline skating which is a little bit different uh, to speed skating and 
she started at age of 10 and she kept kind of uh, working through it and the uh, biggest thing about her and obviously as a lot of athletes have talked about in the past year or so is about the mindset uh, what goes behind their motivation their preparation it's all about the mindset and she really kept a healthy mindset all the way through um, trying to better herself along the way you know um, you know trying to reach those high levels and you know be at the top of her top of her uh, you know form and conditioning and so you know she really brought the best herself in this past run she, I think she did you know uh, compete um, in some capacity in the 2018 I think Winter Olympics um, you know or the Summer Olympics so um, she uh, really just kind of uh, wanted to better her craft and um, she you know, she stayed with it she stayed with it conditioning wise you know talked about it a lot and the really good full-time in speed skating until 2017 2017 and five years later she wins you know a gold medal um, other ones uh, in in the Olympics and it's really great to see that uh, for her I mean you know obviously she's someone who has really uh, expressed her thoughts and talked about mental health and being able to be not let the pressure get to you and not let all these things get to you in terms of like the pressure the media she kind of really worked through it um, and she had obviously um, had great support all the way around you know she had great great support uh, her teammate Brittany Rowe uh, on the you know on the night on the long um, you know on, on this national team really well, it was huge for her their relationship obviously going back early in their careers and uh, you know her teammate really provided her a lot of boost in terms of you know getting her up to speed and uh, she you know, kind of took you know stayed in stride and took with it you know and so you know she did face adversity because you know in the Olympic trials uh, leading up to uh, you know when it started she obviously had some adversity she um, um, kind of had a couple of moments where she kind of slipped up uh, but she, her overall body of work really came through. And obviously, the IOC had granted a couple more spots for the national team and for her to be in that. So, you know, she took it in stride. She obviously trained and conditioned really, really well uh, with her, um, with her coach. Um, you know, I think it's Renee uh, Halfield, or I may have watched that name, but she had a great Olympics coach with her that really kept her prep you know kind of prepped her really well and you know you just love to see athletes kind of you know uh, start something and then kind of really finish it and, and do well and so Erin Jackson like I said she didn't even know she wanted to go full-time into speed skating you know she obviously had loved in, in skating and that kind of thing for a long period of time and then when she made the, the transition to this she really uh, took it in a stride she went through all those challenges all those workouts, all those different events, it kind of really built her, she built herself up to the point where she could really be great um, in, her, in her overall work and her craft. And it came through big time in this event where you know she competed against the very best, and she obviously continued to show and show why she was special. And 
you know, capping it off. Well, it was great to see, you know. Obviously, just seeing how she's already made so much, great, uh, you know, she was early in her career. Obviously, she has her sights on bigger things as well, the next Olympics, you know, 26 and all that. Um, but she definitely uh, come from where she was, where she started. Um, just kind of kept the mindset, you know. She uh, really focused on her, her overall body, her work. Um, and, and with every other athlete, you know, if you kind of stay committed to something for a period of time, you know, a lot of great things can happen. And that is the case for Erin Jackson, who um, had her signature moment, you know, not too, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I hope that she'll be able to do more and more going forward in her sport. Um, you know, and obviously, I'm sure more and more athletes coming up will really look to her and, you know, Transitioning from one aspect of a sport to another can be a little bit difficult sometimes, but we've seen a lot of players do it throughout major sport, and she's off to a great start, and uh, it's good to see her cap it off with a really impressive Olympic run um, in Beijing. So now I want to switch gears a little bit um, and talk about uh, a little about baseball, and I know that people don't really follow it as much, and... I know I've said this several times before, uh, but I just want to put that out there before I go ahead. Obviously, baseball is in a lockout, and they continue to talk and figure out negotiations. And obviously, this is the same thing that's kind of happening with the NFL and NBA throughout history. Is obviously, you know, owners and players just trying to agree on certain things and pay way, you know, pay wise and structure wise. And so, you hope that they'll find a way to get that done. Obviously, a lot of people love baseball still want to watch baseball you know some people really just cling to it and love it all so you know, that's been going on uh, but I want to talk about Derek Jeter um, a little bit and him stepping down as Miami Marlins CEO yesterday um, Derek Jeter obviously had one of the best careers a New York Yankee could have had you know 20 plus years with the Yankees as their shortstop uh, winning incredible World Series championships, I think four to five championships. Um, he was just really a class personified guy all the way around. And we've seen, obviously, players post their careers, you know, try to go into front offices, management role, GM role. And, you know, it's obviously been, there have been some cases where it's worked out great for some of these former players, and other times it just hasn't worked out as well. And so for Derek Jeter, um, he was part of a group that bought the Miami Marlins in 2017, and Jeter was tasked with running, you know, basketball, oh, sorry, baseball operations and, you know, financial decisions and things like that, you know, so, um, Jeter, uh, you look at it, the Miami Marlins obviously have had an interesting history, uh, they have not had a whole lot of success consistently, you know, and it does take the team. And so Derek Jeter obviously started out doing some incredible things with the Miami Marlins. You know, he obviously he um, tried to, you know, trade and, you know, get certain players and contracts kind of situated where he could, like, you know, get a younger team and start developing on certain aspects of the, the Miami Marlins um, and 
Hey, look at Derek Jeter and what he's been. Look at I mean, obviously, two out of the spending. You know, the Yankees obviously are a team that loves to spend money. You know, they don't mind going over the luxury. And so, the Miami Marlins are a team that, you know, with a new ballpark, with a new kind of uh, group, obviously, they had some success, you know. But Jeter, obviously, um, you know, you look at Jeter's record um, as Miami Marlins CEO with the team in his four years. You know, they were 218 and 327. Um, as I mentioned, he made several trades, and there were a lot of young players that were developing over time, and they did have success because they made the playoffs, I think, once, and that was in that, uh, you know, that shortened season, I think, last year or so, you know, where they had some success, you know, one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, they made it to the postseason somehow, um, but... It's been tough for the Miami Marlins ever since. You know, they've obviously have lost. They lost a lot of games last year. Um, and they just haven't been a team that has been known to spend well at all in free agency. And so I think with Derek Jeter, you know, he was doing some good things there under his, you know, leadership and his, um, you know, decisions. They had obviously had got a new, you know, TV rights deal, a new contract deal, name rights deal. Uh, he was. You know, quite a bit, but obviously, if you're part of a group that buys a team, obviously the co the, co the main owner of this group is Bruce Sherman, and you know, obviously going forward, a lot of players love from obviously people have different directions when it comes to building a team out, and so the Miami Marlins just really were one of those teams that was spending you know enough and wasn't going out being aggressive. And I think for Derek Jeter, obviously in his career, he's seen so much in the Yankees organization where there's been a lot of winning, there's been a lot of He never did that. Derek Jeter decided to step down and, you know, step away because I think you just look at part of something that was they were trying for a while, but at some point obviously the Marlins obviously just haven't been able to get those big names. They've been developing players for a while, uh, but they're still stuck behind a lot of teams in the NL East. You know, with the Mets and the Phillies and the Nationals, and so, you know, Jeter, despite this uh, little stint, I, I, you know, I think he's had a great career, Hall of Fame career. Uh, he is a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um, I would say that he just didn't get probably as long of a shot as you hoped that he would get as being the CEO. Uh, but I can still see Doug Jeter being part of baseball in a number of ways. Uh, he's got a lot to offer. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of his 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 views, his, uh, his his you know his direction. I think that you know a lot of teams uh, should consider bringing him in a front office role or sometimes really good. Um, you know, obviously the record, yes, it is what it is. Um, but I think he has uh, some good things that he can do, and you know, you just want to see him gonna be part of the game. You know, either. At the coaching level, maybe, or at the front office level, I think he can do those things. Uh, you know, it's just all about can he just get that opportunity. And I hope he does get that opportunity because I think he's had an impressive career. And I think he, with you know, better resources and with a 
you know, more line in front office, I think will really, uh, you know, show how great he can be. And who knows, he might be part of a team uh, that can really turn it around and, and, and make a run at it. So, um, tough to see him step down. Obviously, the, C, the CBA negotiations are have been tough, no doubt. Uh, but, you know, Jeter, despite this, I think, you know, for the Marlins, I think they just really uh, are going to have to find a way to get it right. Uh, and what, what I mean by that is that within their organization, some kind of things have to change because they have just and Jeter being there did bring about some nice things. He definitely did transform that culture a little bit and that team a little bit to where they are now. Uh, but hopefully they continue to be that way and continue to ascend and not fall back into a situation where they are you know struggling to get free agents and get you know more things going for their teams. They have to keep that talent and grow their talent and develop it. And hopefully they continue to do that with the Doug Jeter was trying to do it. Um, and, you know, you hope they can kind of be much better heading into the next few seasons because the NL East is getting more difficult. A lot of teams are getting better. Um, Spending-wise, it, it will always remain to be the same. So Miami models have to step it up. they got to be a little bit better. Uh, that fan base deserves a lot better than, than they have gotten. Um you know this past year or so they, they deserve better and hopefully the ownership there does do something to bring about excitement in that fan base um, ahead of this season whenever that does get started So in this next segment, I want to recap a little bit of NBA action that we saw last night. Obviously, there were some uh, great moments, no doubt. Uh, do want to give a shout out uh, to Luka Doncic, who uh, turned 23, I think, yesterday. Happy birthday to him. Uh, obviously, special things going on in the NBA with all these players starting to really, um, you know, you also have a lot of young players that really extremely playing extremely well. Special for the Memphis Grizzlies this season. Obviously, had a great buzzer beater yesterday, which was nice to see. Um, obviously, the Nets are still waiting for uh, the return of KD and Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, they didn't did not look too well yesterday. Obviously, at home, but it's nothing new to anybody who's been watching the Nets at home. You know, they win a game or two, and then they lose. You know, the next night, so. Uh, I think they do play Toronto tonight, I believe, in a in a back-to-back, you know. So um, I'm sure we'll we'll see how they how they progress as we go along. But uh, you just look at it overall in the NBA. Obviously, some teams are starting to heat up and play uh, really well. Um, you know, I've kind of been surprised by how well the Clippers have played, honestly. Um, the Raptors also. Scotty Barnes continues to be. Uh, Really good for the Toronto Raptors, and uh, you know he's a name to really keep an eye on uh, heading into the second half. Uh, so let's start with the Timberwolves and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Timberwolves winning 127 to 122 in Cleveland. Um, I gotta say, I'm surprised I've played this season. Um, they're a team that I have not given a whole lot of attention to, if I'm being honest. I did not even think they were going to be a, a good team. Uh, and they are right now sitting at the 7th spot, uh, I think at 33-29. and 29. So, I mean, 
quite a turnaround for the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, Anthony Edwards has continued to show how special he can be. Carl Anthony Towns has played a lot better than I've seen sometime. And D'Angelo Russell is kind of finding his touch a little bit. So, you know, this is a game in which they were all really balanced offensively. You had Edwards put up 17 points. You had Towns with 17. Russell with 25. Um, got some nice bench contributions, um, you know, as well in this game. And Carl Anthony Towns actually hit the uh, go-ahead three-pointer uh, to break the tie, which was an impressive three. Um, kind of took a nice angle at it and made a really good shot. Um, so the Timberwolves and you know, led by Chris Finch, have played well. They're I think they're six and four in their last ten games. So they are winning. They are showing something, which is you know far different from what they were last year, but. You're just kind of seeing them kind of find their touch, winning those games on the road a little bit much better. You know, so that was impressive to see. Uh, Cleveland, despite this loss, they still sit fairly uh, fine in the standings. I think in the top five right now. You know, Jared Allen had 21 points. Uh, Kevin Love had a nice game. I think 20-some points or so. Or 20-some points. You know, Mobley had 15. Um, just, you know, they didn't get a whole lot of contribution, although from, you know, I think Mark Kanan, you know, and Isaiah Okoro. Uh, but Cleveland, you know, they just kind of, they, they had it going for quite a bit. Just the last few, few seconds of that fourth quarter, this really, the execution just wasn't as sharp as they hoped to be. But, you know, the Timberwolves are just a little bit more better. They got to their free throw line a lot more. And Cleveland just kind of had 20 turnovers. It was very sloppy, 22 turnovers, uh, gave the Timberwolves extra possessions in that fourth quarter. Uh, that really put you know, Cleveland has kind of kept pace for a good number of, uh, you know, a while, but they kind of slipped up. So, I mean, these two teams have been really surprising. Look at Timberwolves, look at the Cavaliers. They're two teams that I did not see doing this well this season. Uh, and give credit to their coaches and their front offices because both teams obviously went the route of bringing in young players. Uh, Cleveland obviously went after a couple of players in free agency and did that. So... I mean, hats off to both teams for being this good right now in the season. And we'll see if the Timberwolves do finish strong because there's a chance that they might have to play, you know, they're going to have to play, you know, in the tournament. And all those games are going to be interesting to watch how they perform in that. So, um, but they got a nice win yesterday. And Edwards obviously continues to uh, progress as a player. And. Towns is looking much better and the kind of player that he was looking at earlier in his career. So they'll have to keep that up and, and be strong, be really strong down, down the end, you know, down the stretch because you know, they are going to have some games there that um, will be tough, will kind of be, you know, have a lot of implications for them. And so they have to be really on top of that. You know, they want to make it uh, to the playoffs this season. Now, the other game that was a noteworthy game that took place yesterday was between the number one team in the East and the number two team in the East, and that was the Bulls and the Miami Heat, uh, meeting in Miami, obviously, and the Bulls actually fell, uh, 112 to 99, um, you know, against the Heat. Uh, the Miami Heat have been looking really, uh, good as a team right now, they, have been looking more complete as of recent. Obviously, with Adebayo playing the way he's playing defensively and offensively, 
Uh, Miami is getting it done. I think Kyle Lowry was out for this one, I believe. Uh, but despite him being out, you're just seeing some really good effort from not only their starting five, but also their second unit that has been really, really good. Um, obviously, Spoelstra continues to do a great job of you know mixing mixing in good lineups, getting a lot of things figured out rotation-wise, and you know, Tyler Hero has looked a lot better um, than he was looking last year. You know, now Hero I think had 20 points in this one. You know, Butler and Adebayo had 15 each. Uh, the really nice game was for Gabe Vincent, their point guard, who started. He had 20 points for the Miami Heat. Uh, he was huge. And um, you just look at uh, the Miami Heat. They just hit more free throws. They were hitting a little bit better than the Chicago Bulls from the three-point line overall. Um... Look at the Bulls. They were a little bit short-handed, no doubt, only because we know that when you know with Caruso being out, with Lonzo being out, obviously a lot has fallen on the shoulder of Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. And yesterday, Levine and uh, Derozan combined really uh, couldn't overcome Miami's hot shooting and performance in that second, that third quarter, especially. You know, Levine I think had 22. DeRozan had 18 points overall, um, but outside of those two, uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on, and um, you know, because of that, you know, you just saw a lot of contested looks that were just not as good, you know, from from the Chicago Bulls. I mean, Billy Donovan obviously has done a nice job with the Bulls. They have looked good as a team overall. This is some of their young guys obviously have to play much better. Second unit has to be better uh, than it has been playing, obviously. But this is just one loss. They obviously prior to this had played really well in a lot of their games. So you know the Bulls they have been a, um, a you know a surprise as well. But it was kind of expected that they were going to turn it around compared to off last year because you know it getting Vujacic and then kind of adding a different coach and you know they offensively have been so good. Um, it's kind of a little bit surprising. It's a little surprising to see them not do a, do as well. Um, you know, they didn't do as well as they you know were playing offensively. What kind of really happened with the Bulls? I think in this game was just more of they they got behind to you know by a huge margin and um, without having Lonzo, but having having Caruso. Uh, there was a lot of energy that was spent by Levine and DeRozan. I think there were a lot of shots that they would have probably liked back. Um, but, you know, give Miami credit. You know, they just did not let anyone on that second unit be a much of a factor. I think Ayo DeSanyu was, was the, one of the scorers for the Bulls as well with 18. Um, but, you know, uh, despite this loss, I think the Bulls, uh, what they have and how they are looking, you know, they are still going to be a formidable team. Um, come postseason time, obviously the chemistry is it's coming. It's been there in a lot of these games, and you know the question now is: Will they get Caruso and Lonzo Ball back in time, and can they all make it work? You know, um, but defensively they do have some guys that were out, like Patrick Williams was out for them. So uh, we'll see now because the Bulls are and they're second in the Eastern Conference right now, and you know. Um, 
they obviously do want to find a way to remain in that spot and, and be be efficient um, you know uh, but look at the Miami Heat they definitely are looking a solid team defensively offensively they're looking really really good um, so you look at the East itself it's really gonna be wide open um, you know Obviously, the whole wild card in this is how do the Nets look when they have KD and Kyrie and Ben Simmons, uh, and that is still a little bit far away. Uh, but you know, it's definitely going to be an, an interesting Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, like lead up to the seeding and the matchups. Can't wait to see what that will be. And even in the West, obviously, uh, Memphis, Golden State, Phoenix, you know, Utah. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see which team really emerges and gets favorable matchup going forward. But you know we're getting there. Uh, you know just a month or so away from uh, NBA playoff basketball, and that'll be great to see how that shapes out and goes down uh, when we get to that point.